Hello, boys and girls. This is James Rubiolo, and welcome to episode three of Unpacking House Music. It's my new podcast where I speak to DJs, producers, nightclub owners, and more on how they got to where they are and how they plan on getting to where they're headed. So I designed this podcast to be um, beginner friendly. Um, so for anyone interested in getting, getting into the house music or for those who are already in it, um, it's a great resource where I kind of interview people that have already done it to see, see what we can learn for ourselves on our own journeys. Um, so this week is a, a really interesting episode. I spoke to Bite. He's an English house music producer with residencies in Ibiza and regular shows around Europe pre-pandemic. Um, his music bridges the gap between vocal and tech house with uplifting pianos, synths and vocals. I was actually a fan of his um, before uh, reaching out to him. So pretty happy that, um, that he got back to me. In this episode, we, we break down uh, imposter syndrome in the industry in the industry, which is like where you feel like you're not welcome or something and everyone's better than you. Um, how he got his break in Ibiza to start playing shows there and how to self-release and market your own music and much more. So hope you enjoy. Bitay, welcome. Thank you very much. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Uh, as good as you can be in a lockdown in England, but uh, yeah. I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, you, you, seem to was... be, you seem to be living a lot better in <laughs> life than I am at the moment. I was actually yeah bragging to you yesterday about how we've had zero cases for a long time. We just had um, a, a 17 case breakout in um, the other side of Sydney. So, right, okay. But we will lock down if there's 50 cases. So it's kind of all about perspective and stuff like that. Um, so, with your, so with your lockdown, is it... Um, complete lockdown no one goes to work or is it just hospitality that closes there's uh four levels so we got up to level four back in april um mm -hmm. and it was just like you can't leave unless you have like an essential essential job to do sort of thing yeah 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 um but no it wasn't too bad i live in bondi so it's um close to the beach and well the beaches were closed actually but there was little pockets where you could sort of go for a swim by the rocks and stuff yeah yeah so, yeah it was good um yeah i suppose, so I suppose being being over there it's more of like an outdoor lifestyle so like whereas here we don't really have the weather i mean you guys are, are you going into summer now yeah it's uh two weeks into summer so yeah so but we have um el nino which is like uh it's like the cold weather system that comes from south america rather than el nino so we're getting a lot of rain this summer right okay, okay. yeah yeah, I bet. I bet you any money. It's not as bad as the way, the rain that we're getting, mate. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so you're from um, Birmingham, and that's where you live now. So I'm from, I'm from a, a town called Burton on Trent. So that's like, you've got you've got Birmingham, Burton, and Derby. So like we're in the middle, basically in the middle of the country. If you look at the UK map, Burton on Trent is like bang in the middle. Okay. So you have a you have a place there where you live. You live by yourself, do you or? Yeah, no. So I was living in Manchester at the start of the pandemic, um, had an apartment there. And then obviously when lockdown happened, it was like, it was like a two bed apartment. And I was there with one other guy and I thought, well, I, I can have a lockdown here where like, I'd only just moved. So like mm. none of my friends were up there or anything. Like I had, I had a few friends, but like, you know, like my family and my friends are all in Burton. So I moved back in my parents um, just for what we thought was going to be like a three week lockdown. And oh, obviously, yeah. 
we're like nine months in now and we're still in the lockdown. So (laughs) as soon as, um, as soon as obviously this all goes back, I'll either be going back to Manchester or another city. um, In the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Then hopefully if we do get a summer next year, like Ibiza and everywhere's open, I'm hoping to either base myself back in Cyprus or Ibiza. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was looking to do that. um, Yeah. Back in March to do the season in, in Ibiza. Um, have you lived there for an extended period of time before or just sort of flown in and out? So I've not lived in Ibiza for a long period of time. I've usually like, well, I mean, I usually go there with the intent of staying for like four days or whatever. And then you always miss that return flight. I'm sure you've done the same. (laughs) If you've been there, like you always miss that return flight for an extra couple of days. But, um, no, I normally live in Cyprus, so I run events in a place called Ayanapa. Not sure yeah. if you've heard of that. Um, um, yeah, I haven't been to Cyprus, but yeah, I've, I've I considered going to that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I run weekly events there, and then fly in and out for my Ibiza gigs. But if, like I say, it, it all just depends on the social distancing. Because if next year Ibiza is more like is less strict than Cyprus, I'll probably go to um, Ibiza and just visit Cyprus. You know I mean, I'll do it like the opposite way around. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember watching a, I watched an interview of, uh, in 2017 of you and yeah, you didn't mention, um, Ibiza back then. So is gigs like in Ibiza, like a recent thing for you, like the past year or two? 2018 was my first one there. Um, I got brought in by a friend of mine called DJ Ruski. He's like a huge R and B hip hop, like urban DJ in the UK. Mm. Um, and the guy that the guys that we work for boat club they they are predominantly a house brand but they bring rusky um over as like to add like an urban feel to it so um yeah i just i I spoke to him one day and was like bro i really want to get involved in ibiza do you know anyone who i could speak to and to be fair to him he just he made a phone call and said i've right i've got you a trial so nice yeah yeah you just have to ask and then it happens Sometimes, yeah, I think that's what a lot of it is in this industry. Everyone's like, they're afraid to ask, like yeah. out of fear of, of, of seeming desperate. Do you know what I mean? But really, like, if, yeah. if you don't ask, you don't get. So that's what I've learned. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of, um, so it's me, I've been producing for like three, four years. Um, mm-hmm. and I started DJing like 10 years ago. Um, right. And I've experienced a lot of that sort of thing. And I think a lot of people coming into the, into the industry at, at any level, um, even like at the top level, probably have some sort of what's the thing called again? Um, imposter syndrome, where you feel like. I'm so glad you've mentioned this because this is yeah. something that I wanted to. This is something that I was literally thinking about about five minutes ago when I was getting ready for this. Yeah, I, I want. I wanted to touch on like the imposter syndrome mm. type of thing in the event because it's massive. It's huge. Do you think it's it's founded at all? Like, do you think there's any like stuck up people or something at the top that are like, are oh, they those people? that haven't made it yet or something don't deserve the to gatekeepers. make it. Is that, is that a thing or is that in our like subconscious mind? See, I think if, if, if you can think about it in your head, there's got to be some truth behind it. Do you know what I mean? It's not completely yeah. fabricated. Um, there are definitely gatekeepers in the industry, definitely. And it's more like, I would say it's probably more of the promoters that are the gatekeepers rather than the DJs. The DJs will play for the most part, wherever, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot of it that goes on. Like this guy's not earned his stripes or, you know, maybe even like on the, on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, like 
he's a friend of mine or that's my friend's brother and I'll give him the leg up rather than that's this right. Person. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. And with the industry, like, as you've probably known yourself, a lot of it is, is through who, you know, rather than your actual skill, which is what yeah. I found, which, which can be frustrating. But at the end of the day, like it's like that in any industry. I mean, you're, you, you sure, I don't know yeah. if you've got, yeah. You know, if your best friend, if you're putting an event on and your best friend says, you know, I want to come and DJ for you, but then the next guy comes and says, no, I want to play you're going to go with your best friend. It's just, it's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in that interview in 2017, uh, you spoke about um, like having a goal and manifesting it. You listened to Bob Proctor. Um, mm-hmm. What is Bob Proctor's sort of title? Is he like a, what is it? He's an inspirational say, talker, would you say? Or? In, yeah. Motivational speaker, live coach, um, incredible businessman as well. Um, he was sort of the person who kind of introduced me to like the law of attraction and manifestation and things like that. Since then, I've sort of, I don't watch so much of the motivational stuff because not, not that I know it all. It's the fact that like, okay, I know my own beliefs now. I know what I need to do to get where I want to be. Yeah. And, you know, if you watch too much of it, it mm-hmm. certain things can contradict themselves. Do you know what I mean? So I've, I've sort of like created my sort of set of beliefs, if you will. Yep. And I'm just running. I'm running with that now. So instead of watching them videos, I just watch production videos now. Yeah, cool. Uh, similar with me. Yeah, I used to actually. There's like a 10 minute one, and it's like you close your eyes, feel yourself, you know, achieving what you want to do, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make it real. And it it really seems like it's um true. I I guess because, or, or it's not like it's a woo woo thing, but it's like if your brain can see something happening then it's a whole lot more likely likely that you'll achieve that because you've, you've been exposed in that your brain space to that. Before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your, your brain can't decipher what's real and what's not. So like mm. you, give it, you give it this thought, it's going to believe it's true. You give it that thought, it's going to believe it's true. So like, you know, you've just got to choose what you sort of feed your brain sort of, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what is your um, your goal, like your ultimate sort of goal in this? Do you, do you want to be up there with sort of MK sort of radio or like a little bit more um, clubby? Well, it's funny you should say that. I've always said to myself that like when people say, oh, what type of music do you play or what type of music do you make? I would always just say I'm dance music rather than I wouldn't just say like I'm, I'm tech house, I'm vocal house, I'm, you know, like I would always say like, you know, I'm dance music. I just make music that I like and, and you know, hope other people like it as well. So, like, mm. I would say it's hard to put, like, my name on a stand. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to put yeah, my name yeah. somewhere like, oh, he's like him or he's like him. I'm just trying to try Because if you look at Get Together, the track that I brought out. Yeah, that's my favourite one of before. yours. So, like, that's quite a clubby, driven track. Whereas the one after... The you're not the one that's more of like a radio friendly track so i'm trying to sort of juggle both things do you know what i mean and be like credible mm. for the clubs but also radio friendly because at the end of the day the radio will be- make you a household name but the clubby stuff will get you the festivals and like you know the more well-respected gigs sort of thing so yeah i'm trying to sort of i'm in a sort of balancing that between the two but yeah definitely yeah. like mk's camel fat salado calvin harris like you know you just gotta keep just gotta think big yeah nice um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely like you know i'm not half-hearted in it it's it's all or nothing do you know what i mean i've, I've been yeah. going at it for quite a while now so like if i don't get there it's been a waste of time 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you've already gotten gotten part of the way, so it's I guess that's not a waste of time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could say I've had some success with it, but like it's nowhere near compared to like you know. I feel like I'm probably like 0.1 percent of where I actually want to be. But yeah, I was having okay. this conversation with one of my other friends who's um, a DJ, and we were saying like because he's, he's seen, you know, reasonable success with his tracks at the minute. And like we were saying, it's crazy to think that like, I used to sit there on, I don't if you release music yourself. Yeah. So like, you know, on the Spotify for artists platform, so mm. you can see how many streams you've got and stuff. I used to sit there and I was like waiting for that, you know, that like little less than 1000 thing on Spotify when you, when you, yeah, yeah. I used to sit there thinking like, I, I used to hate looking at it thinking I can't wait for the day that goes to 1001 plays and mm. like it gets rid of that little dreaded symbol and then now like you know I was, I was speaking to Reese, my manager the other day and uh, I was saying like it'll get a thousand plays a day minimum and like in the first day you'll get like two three thousand plays and like even though that's still small in the grand scheme of things it's crazy to think that like a couple of months ago you were thinking please get rid of that like little less than 1000 yeah symbol. wow and wow. then like once you get it it's like okay okay i've got 2000 plays in the first day whatever mm. now i want 5000 then when you get 5000 you'll be like yeah. okay now i want 10 and it's just a never ending like cycle. like anything in life yeah exactly yeah. exactly but you've got to have the next goal if you stay stagnant, yeah, definitely. that's how the still. human race got to where we are for better mm-hmm. or worse um mm. Definitely. So I want to talk to you about like self-releasing a bit later, but first um, let's take it back to um, when you first started producing. Uh, so you're 25 now, right? Yes, yes. And when did you first start? So I've sort of dabbled in producing since I was about 19. 20, yeah, I'd say like 19 was where I first put out like a track on SoundCloud with one of my friends. Um, still didn't really know what I was doing or anything. Um and I remember like what we were talking about the other day when you were saying like, what would you say to yourself, you former self sort of thing. And that would be the one thing that I would say, like get into producing early because mm. it's something that I've had to learn later on. Whereas like, if I started, I started DJing when I was 15. Yeah. If I started producing where I was, when I was 15, mm. I'd be in a much, much better, I'd be 10 years in the game now of production. Whereas like now I'm sort of like five or six, I'm still right. learning every day and like, still buying new kit and learning different programs and all that sort of stuff. But if someone told me when I first started at, at 15, yes, the DJ's cool. You're going to look cool in clubs and stuff, but learn how to produce music because that's where you're really going to make a name. Yeah. I would have, I would have really focused on that. But um, yeah, so I'd say like, I really got into it around 19, 20. Um, and then just been learning, 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 learning that. So yeah nice um i have a a bit of a different um well i guess it's the same trajectory but i was djing 18 to 20. i Mm -hmm. I downloaded ableton tried to watch tutorials had like the attention span of a p so i just like gave up and um then i just sort of put it on the too hard list and then i um i picked it up again when i was like 26 27 now 29 it must have been when i was 26. um and I, I was just sort of thinking like, oh, damn, I wish I was, wish I just kept doing it all that time. But maybe, maybe I wasn't mature enough and maybe I would have just given up three years in when I didn't have any success or something. Maybe I'm more mature now to do it properly. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of the, like the main hurdle that I struggled to get over was knowing what to actually search for. Like what I always find, I always laugh now that like I'd sit there and I'd be like, right, I'm going to learn something new today. And I always used to find myself typing um, tutorial on compression, tutorial on compression. Cause I just thought like, oh, okay, if you know compression, what, uh, you know, what compression is, that sounds really cool. If you know that, then, yeah. you know, you've, you've learned something today. And I just used to watch the same video over and over and think like, I'm still not getting this. So, like, oh, without a direction. Yeah. It's, yeah, okay. exactly. So like I would, I, I never knew what to actually search. And mm. then once I started spending time with more producers in their studios, and I feel like that was the turning point there where I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch how he does it and then pick it up from, from there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're staring at like, a, you know, YouTube, it's just an absolute minefield, a rabbit hole of everything. Yeah. yeah. You're never going to find what you actually want to find. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So for like a new producer or someone who's already been doing it for a while, how would you summarize like um, the process you've taken? I know you'll be oversimplifying it, but like into three steps or something like download the program, Watch okay, what from my and then watch, right? You know. Okay, I've got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just download download a program on on your your DAW, like your Logics, your Ableton's. Always always buy that. I would say don't don't get the crack copy. Take the plunge and buy it because if you've mm. made that commitment to part with your money, you're a lot more likely to learn the product. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So if you just get a crack copy, you'll be like, oh, it's, I got it for free anyway. But if you've spent 200 pound on it it's like right okay i bought it now i've, mm. I've got to learn it yeah um and then yeah literally just it's just basics on youtube just just master the basics just basics of logic shortcuts of logic or whatever you use you know mm-hmm. um i use logic so i'll say logic um yeah just master the shortcuts find your own sort of little way and then and then go onto your plugins don't try and like get everything at once because it's quite daunting all the presets you know i've got hundreds of thousands of presets that i'll never ever use because yeah when i first started someone gave me a hard drive full of you know fifty four thousand massive presets and overwhelming I'm yeah. Go, yeah exactly so like i feel like less sometimes less is more so like master the basics learn them and then sort of progress at your own rate do you know what i mean yeah what um, about you and- how, did, how did you start uh <clears throat> I mean, I, I think I must have um, cracked Ableton. Um, that was the that was probably one of the failures because I'm the same thing. I need to buy something, um, and I tried to learn it myself. I should have just done a um, uh, a course or something. And then when yeah, I was yeah. living in Sweden, I had a friend who uh, would teach me how to use Logic a bit, and then I did a basic course um, mm-hmm. and then an advanced course. So I learned all the shortcuts straight away. So that was like yeah. so good. Um, and then it was probably only like one or two hour sessions times six for each course. Mm-hmm. So after maybe like 30 hours being in front of the computer, you pretty much know how to use the program. And then was it's that, just, was that with someone or was that over like video call? Uh, it was in a class. So there was like right. um, a, a teacher and six students and we would go there and we'd just bring our computer, plug it into the display and so on. So yeah, I would recommend for people who don't like learning hard stuff themselves, just pay for a course if you can as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be fair, since, since you've just said that, it's, it's reminded me when I was 19, I did a beginner and an intermediate course in Logic. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like it does, it, it, it 
does improve you tenfold if you've got somebody that this was one-to-one as well. So I could, I could ask, oh, I want to make this sound. I used to always reference Sonny Federa always. He's yeah. an Aussie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, so like, I'd always say, oh, I want to make this, this bass synth. And he'd go, okay, well, this is how I would do it. And then from that, you, you, if you've got someone there showing it, yeah, then yeah, it does yeah. become a lot easier. So, yeah. yeah that's, I think the main thing I could always, I would, I would take from it is invest in your craft. If it's something that you want to do, spend the money on it like because it's making not only a you know a commitment and you're getting the product you're actually showing commitment by you know outlaying your hard-earned money so mm-hmm. it shows it shows dedication do you know what i mean yeah okay and then what about beyond learning um so you set a goal <clears throat> i want to be roughly around this sort of category of artists Mm-hmm. Yes, but you have to choose a bit of a category, right? To sort yeah, of, of course. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then what, what do you look for after that? So you make tracks, just send them to labels or? Well, this is, this is where I've done things quite differently um, compared to like, you know, a lot of other DJs and producers. Um, I've decided to go down after, after, you know, having a few rejections and not, and not back from different labels. I had a, had a bit of success from labels. So I would, I'd make like say six or seven demos. I would send them out to the labels, which I thought were going to fit that sound. Yeah. Um, I think I had what I have three or four tracks signed to labels before I decided to do the self-release thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I realized like with, with the smaller labels, yes, it looks quite cool to be signed to a label and, you know, have the photo. I've, I've done it. Like have the photo <laughs> yeah. sign in the thing. Like, and it looks like you just signed a pro contract for United or, yeah. um, so like, you know, that, that's all cool. But then you realize like you read the, you read the contract and usually the contracts aren't even worth the paper they're written on, but you're, you, you're giving away 50% of your masters straight away. Mm. And which is fine if, if it's a big label and they're willing to invest in you. It's great. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not against signing to labels if they're willing to, you know, actually invest time and, and money into your project. But yeah. a lot of the labels that I was speaking to, it was, yeah, we'll take 50%, but we're not willing to invest any money into this project. <laughs> yeah. I, qu- I quickly realized like, well, it's not going to get anywhere then. Like, yeah, you right. know, you, there's only so much organic hype that you can actually build in this day and age. Like, you've got to be willing to put some money on social media advertising and, and, you know, an actual promo campaign, publishing campaign and stuff. Mm. There was none of that from the, from the small labels that were, you know, signing my tracks. So yeah, I just quickly made that decision. Okay. Well, if they want 50% to do nothing, I'll take a hundred percent and do it all myself sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm doing it all myself anyway. So I might as well not give away 50% of the. Of yeah. The uh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I, and that was it really. I've just, I think, what have I released? Like five now, I think, self-release tracks. And, you know, thankfully they're, they're climbing and climbing each one. Everyone's getting stronger. Mm. Um, with Get Together, that's, that's performed the best. That's hit nearly a quarter of a million plays now overall on yeah. everything. And for a self-release, you know, I'm, I'm buzzing with that. It's really yeah, it's good. crazy, man. Um, so what, did so, you yeah. do something differently with that one, that release to the others? This, this is what I was about to say. So like I, this is, I started with my manager in March, Reese, who's Reese is like an old friend of mine, very well respected in the industry as a videographer. And we decided, okay, let's become sort of like a manager and artist type thing. See how we get on. Um, he's really good with social media um works with sony and 
big people. Uh, I think I followed um, this guy. Um, EV Pro. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody at EV Pro underscore, give him a follow. He'll like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were talking about it and we we're saying, okay, you've had okay sex success with your um, self-releases so far. How do you want to do it differently? Set goals. And um, we set a budget aside. This was the first time that I'd set like a decent amount of money aside to go into social media campaigns and mm. adverts and swipe up ads for Instagram and things. Um, mm. And yeah, it just it just performed really well. And MK got hold of it and put it in his um, two playlists that he's got on Spotify, which was great. Like, he, you know, that Spotify that might have been how I found you, actually. Probably, um. yeah. Yeah. No, so, wait, I found you from the piano one um, that I put on my story with the sunrise. Do you remember what that one was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, was that, so was that, that called Get Together? Playlist? The track was Maybe. Get Together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 the track was Closing Doors. Closing Doors, yeah. yeah it yeah, must yeah. have been from a Spotify playlist somehow. See, MK added that one as well to his playlist. So it's yeah, probably... that's where I found it. I yeah, added it yeah. to my so own. I was going to ask you how you um, came about to hearing the tracks. Yeah, Closing Doors, such a good track. Okay, so so uh, you set a, set aside a budget. Um, yeah, yeah. So like a big we, budget, or no, no, no. It was like what did we set aside? I think it was like five hundred pound. Um, which you know, it's the it's the biggest budget that I'd set aside for a, for a single track yeah. so far. Um, but we just thought, you know what? Like, I've lost all my gigs this summer because of the pandemic. Um, I've got nothing else to sort of promote. Let's let's go for this one mm. which we did um really get together was going to be the track that set up you're not the one and it just so happened that and what we were going to do we was going to do get together and then four weeks later drop you're not the one but because get together mm. started performing so well we thought right we'll leave it a little bit and see see how far we can get it right um and then yeah when we hit 100k on spotify i thought wow like this is it's going better than i than mm. i thought really um so I was really happy with that. And then, yeah, we've sort of just followed that same process with You're Not The One. Um, bit of a funny time to be, like release a track, to be honest, you know, with Christmas and everything coming up. So yeah. the campaign was actually shorter for that one. But we're going to resume that in January and um, hopefully get some fresh ears in it in January. Okay. So that £500 was spent across just um, Insta or? Insta and Facebook. Okay. So they get yeah, a, yeah. a swipe up ad preview, 15 seconds. Yes. Um, what I did as well, I thought to try and make it a little bit more organic, I videoed myself doing like a, yo, this is BT, my new track get together is out now, swipe up to listen. Oh, because cool. I thought the amount of times that I go on Instagram and I see just a created advert and I know it's an advert straight away, so I just swipe. Yeah. And I thought if I put my face on it, as if I'm just walking and like talking like a normal Instagram story video, yeah. people are more likely to um, engage. And it worked, to be fair. I had the backing track just low. And then when I said swipe up, the track came on. like loud. Nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, that was like just a different sort of marketing idea. And it definitely worked. Because, cool. you know, you can see your click-throughs and everything. It mm, works. Okay. Yeah. So was, was, that, was that all you guys did? Or you said something about a publishing, uh, what did you say, a publishing campaign? No, no, no. So that was, that was just something that I was saying labels don't really do. Oh, okay. um, we did we, no, no. We didn't um, contact any pub publishers. Were getting in touch saying, "Oh, we want to take this track on." But to be fair, like the money they were asking and what they could offer, we just thought, "Well, we could probably do that ourselves anyway." We've got mm. decent, 
decent contacts in radio and stuff. So, yeah, we just thought we'll try and do this one on our own. So you just emailed you just emailed it out to sort of all the all the spots that you thought it could go out. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Spent like a um, day doing that sort of thing, or yeah, more than a day. Yeah, every yeah. time, every time that like basically we just I created a list and my manager created a list and. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it took ages. So Instagram DM and email, because I thought if I DM them and email them, they'll see it twice and probably be more inclined to listen to mm, it. Smart. Okay. Okay. So send it out to, uh, who are we talking send it out to? Like music blogs and? Music blogs, radio DJs, other DJs just in the industry, you know, because a lot of people were doing live streams at that time. We just thought, right, we'll give it to everybody for, for free. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully get some success from that way. Okay. And does it matter who you self-release through, like CD Baby or anything like that? Or do you think it's all... And this is something that I've done a lot of research on. Um, again, with YouTube and everything, comparisons. Um, I've used in the past TuneCore. Um, didn't really like that. I, like, I don't like the fact that you have to pay every year per track. It's like seven pounds per year per track. Oh, to just so to keep it live forever. Just just to keep it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So like, I did two with them, um, and then I sort of thought, well, there's got to be a better way than this. Mm. Um, so now I release my tracks through A Wall, which is A W A L, stands for Artists Without a Label, um, but they don't take on everybody. So like, they'll do like, you have to send okay. a submission. Um, obviously give you social media and that what you're up to in, in your career how far along your career you are right and they de they decide whether or not to distro you um they've got like have you heard of like a rapper called aj tracy no very big rapper in the uk probably one of the biggest he's also independent he's like one of the pioneers for independent artists at the minute okay um i'll actually send you a, a podcast he did for jd jd sports and he sort of breaks down his reasoning for being um, what's it, a independent artist as well. So that's that's quite good. Cool. Um, so yeah, they release they release tracks for some quite well respected artists. So I was quite lucky to get on with them, um, and they just take a flat fifteen percent of the track, which I thought was great. They don't cost it doesn't cost anything to um, upload, and oh, okay. they've also got good contacts with Spotify to get playlist submissions as well. Isn't that kind of like a label then if they're taking a cut and using their... Yeah, it is, but you can, you decide everything. So the label, you know, a label would say, we can't put your track here because we're releasing here. Do you know what I mean? So you, it basically, it gives you some of the good points of a label without actually being a label. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, okay. you still, and you still own your masters as well. Okay. And they don't, they don't only do like a specific genre. They'll just do sort of. A no, bunch. no, no, they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. If the music's good, they'll take it on. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, man. Do you think we covered everything on that topic? I don't want to, I don't want to miss any big parts. Um, anything else to say about self-releasing? Yeah. Another big part about self-releasing that I thought is like, Another big thing that I would say if anyone was trying to go into like the self down the self-releasing route is don't be afraid to obviously just invest in yourself and just get out there because your a label is never going to be able to push you as much as you can push yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, your Instagram, your social media and that, you've got to be on it. You've got to be, you know, regular, regular content and 
um, you've got to be releasing music regularly as well. So I've set a goal next year in 2021 to release either not a track a month, but 12 tracks over the year. So like one, one month I might, I might release two tracks, another month I might release one track. You know, I, want, I just want to yeah. get 12 singles out um, and then see where we go from there. So yeah, I don't know if you saw That's my awesome. spot, my Spotify, um, you know, you get your Spotify wrapped, the streams and everything. Um, I didn't catch it, no. So this year, I think the last year I got like 55,000 streams. This year, just shy of a quarter of a million. So like next year, I've already set my goal of what I want for next year. And then hopefully next year nice. we'll, uh, we'll Do you want to tell us what the goal is or? Not yet. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's one. It's definitely one million. <laughs> I've, I've wrote it down. Okay. I'll, speak, I'll speak to you in a year when I've got. Yeah, it. no worries. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and a lot of artists um, when they're starting out, they are really keen to release as soon as possible. Um, do you do you have a way to like? How did you know that your music was good enough to self-release? I mean, obviously you have self-belief. Oh, okay. So you, you mean you made it a few mistakes or so you reckon just jump yeah, in and yeah, do yeah, it yeah. all? I still, I still do now. I still, I still don't like listening to my music now um, <clears throat> because I just pick faults. I'll like, yeah. it'll come on in like the gym or in a restaurant or something like that. And I'll be like, it's, it's too quiet. I'll like, I hate the way the piano sounds or something like that. But like, uh, other, you know, other people don't pick that up. You, you're always going to be your own worst critic yeah um, yeah but no one one advice one piece of advice i would give is just just get music out just get it out because you'll learn along the way if you keep waiting for that perfect track you'll never release anything because there's no such thing right okay and i guess if you're self-releasing anyway you can always just take it down i just heard exactly. you, i just heard um i did like the tool room records um the academy production thing and um yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete was saying that sometimes if you release through like a smaller label they when you then get pretty big that label has they own the masters so they can just like delete it and keep releasing it while you're trying to promote this other one to keep making sales so yeah i guess that's something to be careful of yeah yeah it's, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous position to be in um that's why i always find that not always but if you are going to sign to a label make sure that contract is is bulletproof yeah, definitely. Okay, so some bonus questions and then we'll finish up. Um, what's the most common question you get asked? Do you know what? It's it, common question I get asked. I don't really know. There's not, there's not one question that I could say, like someone asked me all the time. To be fair, probably when I say like um, what I do as a job and, and sort of where I've played and stuff, the one thing everyone always says is, do you get nervous? Do you get nervous? Um, yeah. That's always something that people are always interested in. And, and I can hand on heart say, and anyone will tell you who's been to a gig with me, never. I don't do know what it nervous? is. I, never. I don't know what, I don't know why. It's not that it doesn't mean anything to me or anything like that. You know, I, it means the world to me when I'm there and it's I, nothing I love more. But I've played in front of 10 people and I've played in front of, you know, three, 4,000 people, 5,000 people. And it's the same feeling. It's just like you go there, you do your job and you come off. I've, I've never, I've never really been one 
to suffer with nerves, which is thank God, because I get nervous about other things, but when it comes to DJing, it's sort of like you've you've put in all the hard work yeah. you know, in the studio and the, and the, the practice hours, so you you've just got to go and enjoy it now. Yeah, I think there's a quote from floyd mayweather or conor mcgregor or something and they said something something similar and he's like well i've either put in the preparation or i haven't so I'll, and i know that i have so therefore i'm not nervous exactly yeah Good summary. If, you know, if, you, if you know that you've put the hours in and you deserve to be up there for one then you deserve to be up there as simple as that you shouldn't be nervous yeah yeah um okay what question do you wish you knew the answer to five years ago so that would have been when you were 20 just what a year or so after you started producing yeah 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 yeah. that was the year that I went self-employed as well as a full-time DJ that's when I quit um so what was the question I wish I knew the answer to I mean it probably goes back to what I was saying I wish I, I wish I knew a lot more about music production and produce like that sort of stuff there's not really a question that I, I would say I, I wish I knew the answer to it was just I wish I knew I wish that I could have told my past self to focus on this and like you know really give it your all into the music production side of things not just the DJ inside right. um, I think I was too caught up in like probably you know I was 20 I was trying to look cool be the DJ and this was like basically I had an apprenticeship in electrical engineering Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like it, but my parents were like, you know, you've got to have a qualification. You need a backup plan, and all this. And I've never really believed in backup plans, but they wanted me to do it, so I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, did it, and then the day I got my certificate, I handed my notice in and said, right, you know, you knew this day was coming. I'm going to be DJ. Flew straight out to Cyprus um, to do a residency out there, and I feel like I probably got caught up in the lifestyle a little bit too much and thought didn't really put the put the hours in in the studio that I probably should have done and was too busy you know enjoying the parties and stuff like that so I probably like wouldn't there's not really a question I wish I knew I wish I just told myself knuckle down because you know five years have just gone like that and like now I'm only just sort of you know having a little bit a little bit of success with the music production on my own tracks yeah i feel like if i really dedicated myself and did more courses and things like that for um, production things might have been a little bit different by now but you know you go at your own pace don't you okay so you feel like you haven't achieved as much as you could have i guess that's what everyone everyone feels yeah, yeah. when you uh, yeah i feel like you're probably the same like mm. you're never going to be happy with the the level that you're at, at the minute and yeah. you're always going to want for more and you always think what if what if i didn't do this what if i didn't do this but you know, you're running your own race, I'm running my own race, and it's, you know, we might end up at the same place together, but you might be five years ahead and up. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. hard getting out of that, especially in this industry, because you'll see people that started after you probably get to a higher level than you, or or you'll see people that you've sort of joined at the same time, and they're going this way, and you're going this way, and you think, should I be going with them? Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's, it's hard to it's hard to remember to stay in your own lane, but you just, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's one thing that surprised you about your journey? One thing that surprised me. Um, 
I feel like this year more than anything, I've surprised myself on how resilient I can be. Um, with obviously the pandemic and losing all my work, um, I really thought that that would, it, obviously it's affected me, it's affected everybody. Um, but I would say that I've been quite impressed with the way that I've just carried on. Do you know what I mean? I've found new ways to earn money. I've sort of not got too hung up on the fact that, you know, the nightlife industry is done for the time being. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, like I've, I've surprised myself that, you know, this year, this year has just been a shock for everybody, but I'm, I'm surprised and I'm proud of myself that I've like remained resilient and I've kept, you know, regimented in the studio. I've kept making music. I thought that like when the first lockdown happened, I thought, right, I'm done with this. You know, I, I thought that's what my thought process would be. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've, I've stuck to it and I've made a loads more music for when the clubs do open and stuff. So yeah, I would say like, I've surprised myself with how I sort of, I've dealt with this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, man. What about you? Um, um, <clears throat> what's one thing that surprised me about the journey? Caught you off guard now, haven't I? Um, <laughs> I used to look at DJs like on the stage and it's like, I'm just like a punter down here, like how do they do that you know but then you just like you just all you just need to do is just learn how to do it and then yeah get reference tracks of what you want to make and keep doing that and then make some yourself and then you just sort of figure it out and i was also like are these guys like avici and i used to be in, in mad into edm in 2012 so like avici, yeah, yeah yeah avici porter robinson and i was just like are, are they just super talented or do we do we all have this talent and i think mm -hmm. that i think that we all have um a innate talent like everyone walking around maybe it's not musically but i think a lot of us do because it's like um like it's not just coming from our brain or something it's like it's coming from somewhere else you know there's um, yeah. the melody like like cats and dogs they can tell what songs are pleasant to listen to so that there must be like something bigger you know something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. like why do some notes just work and some just don't um so yeah. i think that it's not whether you have talent or not it's whether it's persistence and it's whether you can whether you believe that you can do it or not sort of thing so a lot of people will be like oh how do yeah. you do that like how do you even do that or isn't that hard? Like they look at the thing and say, oh, it's too complicated. But it, it's not really. Like nothing's too complicated. You just got to like work No, out. you just got to so. break it down into smaller chunks. That's what I yeah. always do. So yeah, like, exactly. With the music production, it was like, okay, I don't know how to make a beat. Well, let's start with the kick drum. Bam, bam, bam. Right, I've got that. Hi -hat. Mm. And then you just build it. And it's, just, it's, it's the same as how I make it today. Like mm. if I'm staring at a blank screen, it's okay, we'll start with the basics. And you start yeah. with the basics. And before you know it, you add to it and you add to it. And yeah, it's just... Yeah, and if it doesn't yeah. sound like you want it to, then you kind of just ask someone or watch a video mm -hmm. or something and then you yeah. slowly get to where it should be. That's another thing that I would say as well about when we were talking about production earlier on. Don't be too scared to try new things. Like at the end of the day with these, um, with logic and stuff like that, it's not like the 90s anymore where you're making it on tapes and it's permanent you literally just delete it you can just start again like yeah don't don't feel like you're just married to that one thing do you know what i'm saying mm. so like 
okay, you might try something. Okay, it sounds shit. Delete. Start again. Like, yeah. don't feel don't feel like just because you you've played it in or just because you've typed it in or dragged that audio in. Don't feel married to that thing. You can just start again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one I want to ask is if you can make one prediction for the future of this scene or one amazing thing you'd like to see, what might that be? The return of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, especially in the UK. I mean, I've, I've seen a few videos on Twitter and that, and it sounds, it seems like your party scene's slowly coming back. Am I right? Uh, yeah, we got... Um, dance floors allowed for 50 people but actually in Perth they have they've had zero cases for like four months or something and they've had like mini festivals and stuff so the way I hope to see the scene going is how you're dealing with it now um I'm hoping like if I can get us if I can get a summer away next year um that would be a miracle Mm. um and yeah I just feel like I, I hope the one good thing that comes out of this is it will filter out the people who are only in it for the scene and it will leave behind the people who are in it for the right reasons. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. the, the reason that I'm in this is because I love making music. I love making people dance. I love seeing people's faces when they enjoy music. It's just yeah. something that, you know, that's what keeps me going. Um, so I feel like this whole thing will kind of like filter out the ones, okay, that were, you know, I like music. I, you know, I'm, I like DJing and stuff, but the people who are really in it for the right reasons yeah. will, will get left behind. You know, I mean, will remain, should I say? That's true, yeah. Because, and even the people that are starting to produce now, they're not seeing like, oh, look at the look at those parties with the bottle service, and that looks so cool. It's only about yeah, yeah, yeah. music now because there's no like carrot right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I couldn't have put Good it about myself to be honest. There's always a um you know, when something bad happens, there's always something good on the other side. My friend was yeah, saying yeah. how, uh, like in the, in the fifties, like sexuality was like super oppressed. And then in the sixties, I think it was the swinging sixties. So there's always like mm-hmm. a down and then an up. So maybe there'll yeah. be a big rave thing in 2022. I'm hoping yeah. so 2021, hopefully. <laughs> but imagine when in one year, when sort of, most of the western world is vaccinated mm-hmm. that there'll be less and less reasons to disallow big gatherings right yeah 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 and then Definitely. everyone will be just like partying all the time i feel Maybe, like this yeah. industry is going to take such a hit but then it's going to it's going to have such a boom after it when we come out everyone's going to want to go out no one's going to take for granted the fact that they can just go down to their local pub or yeah. go to the lo- go to their rave like you know in the city you know next to them yeah. i definitely won't you know sometimes i would like if i didn't have a gig and just had a night off i would say oh no you know my friends would be going out i'm just going a night off that's mm. not happening that's not happening when this comes back mate like, yeah, everyone, yeah everyone's going to be full throttle like yeah yeah back out, hopefully well it's like anything right like the stock market goes down and then it comes back up and people feel better about yeah, it so, exactly yeah. exactly cool. yeah, yeah 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 man all right, man. Well, that's that's pretty much all the questions I've got. So thanks, thanks a lot for coming Sweet. on. That's cool, bro. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it.